This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This podcast provides tips, tools, and inspiring stories for creating clarity around your calling, opening your heart to infinite possibilities, and enabling you to have the greatest impact on the world. I'm Julian Crossenhill, a certified spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, human design specialist, and founder of Pre-Survenana. And most recently, I've joined the faculty at Starseed Academy Coach Training. It's my mission to teach and guide others in living a spiritually aligned life that answers their unique calling. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hello. Today, on today's show, I want to talk about why it's important to answer your unique calling. So first of all, let's just talk a little bit about unique calling because it's kind of a, a different term and not everybody might be familiar with it. So I think everybody knows, you know, when we talk about life purpose, what life purpose means and what life purpose is. My definition of life purpose is it's kind of that thing that you were just really made to do, that you're really good at, um, that lights you up, that you're passionate about doing, that you really enjoy that you have the right strengths, gifts, and skills to do very well. And what unique calling is, is it comes in at the intersection of your light, where your life purpose meets your spirituality. It's that thing that really lights you up, that you have all the right spiritual gifts, all the right strengths, you know, everything that you need to do really, really well. But it also is the thing that gives you, allows you to have a really big impact on the world. It's the thing people are going to remember you for. It's the thing that is your service to spirit. It's the thing that, you know, gives back to the world. And a lot of us uh, might even think about it as legacy. The thing that, like, people are going to remember us for. The thing that we're really um, going to leave behind. The thing that's going to make our mark on the world. So you hear a lot of talk about life purpose, and everybody wants to understand their life purpose. And I think um, a long-standing philosophical question of you know life purpose versus unique calling, which one is better? You know, should I um, be focused on just doing what makes me happy, or do I need to really focus on this idea of service and and how I take my skills? and my gifts, and I really make the world a better place, and I have this impact. And this philosophical question has been raging for, you know, millennia. Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, actually created categories to kind of talk about the two. He referred to life purpose as hedonia, or and uh, psychologists call it hedonic happiness, and the idea of, you know, it's self-serving. It's something that makes us happy, makes us feel good. And Aristotle coined the term eudaimonia to refer to sort of this idea of unique calling. It was something that we do that's for the greater good that contributes back um, and it's not necessarily self-serving it's it's you know serving to the collective and um, psychologists refer to it as eudaimonic happiness sorry a little stumble there on that word and so this philosophical question of which one is is better has been going on for a long time and I don't think it's so much which one is better it's more that they're opposite sides of the same coin and I also think that they're sort of milestones on our spiritual journey as we grow as individuals, as we grow into the best version of ourselves. So we might start, you know, looking for life purpose and finding our life purpose and really getting quite good at that and doing that really well. And then as we continue our spiritual practice, as we move deeper in our spiritual understanding of the world, as our connection to source grows, 
as we grow more empathy, more compassion, then we start to go, you know, what's my unique calling? How do I take my life purpose and really make a mark on the world? How do I take my life purpose and how do I make things better? How do I evolve the consciousness of the collective? And that's where we're starting to grow into that idea of unique calling. And what are we going to do to contribute, to do what um, spirit wants us to do for the benefit of, of everything for, you know, as we often say in ritual or in meditation for the greatest good of all. Um, and I think it's really interesting that, that in spiritual circles, I don't hear a lot of talk about this, um, but, and I'm going to sort of say there's an exception there. There is this like Christian worldview about a calling. Um, you know, I often hear in Christian circles, people talk about God's calling for you. What does, you know, what does God want you to do with your life? And, um, you know, I think that that's kind of good that they're looking at it that way. But, um, and I think, I think too, that in non-Christian spirituality, um, there is this idea of a spiritual contract that kind of mimics the same concept of this idea of a calling, something that's sort of pre-designed that we need to figure out and do. And our spiritual contract, for those that might not be familiar, is the idea that before we just choose to incarnate in this world, before our soul joins with our body, we kind of create a, a, a contract, if you will, of what we want to achieve in this life. What is it that we want to learn? And what is it that we want to do in service to spirit? And sometimes this could be, you know, that we're going to learn some lessons in this world. And then in our next life, we're going to be a spirit guide to someone and apply that learning um, in guiding someone into their own learning. And all of this learning is obviously for the evolution of our species, for the evolution of, of spirit. And, you know, even in some worldviews, you know, we're all pieces of God trying to learn about him or herself. And so with this idea of spiritual contract, I think, you know, it's really important um, if we've made that contract, if there's something that we've come here specifically to do, um, you know, obviously we need to do it. Um, it's, it's important that we fulfill that spiritual um, contract. And what are we signaling to the universe if we change the plans once we get here and decide that we're not going to do it? You know, that spiritual contract, I think in a lot of times too, what we don't talk about when we talk about spiritual contracts, and I see these often like abused, like this idea of spiritual contracts, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that we've predestined predestined ourselves to suffer or to have, you know, tragic losses or things of that nature. I think that they're learning opportunities and that there's something that we're being taught through that process that was part of our contract. But I don't think that those experiences themselves were necessarily something that we agreed to. But I do think that every spiritual contract does have an element of service. Um, you know, our spirit guides in the other realms um, serve us. They definitely have that mission. They want to help elevate us. They want to help us learn. And I really believe that at our core, um, spiritually, we also want to help the rest of humanity, the rest of the world to learn and to grow and to evolve. And I want to just kind of make a side note here um, about human design. Um, a lot of you who follow me know that I do a lot of human design. 
And I want to talk about right angle geometry for a minute, just because this idea service might kind of stand out as like, whoa, you know, if you have right angle geometry. So right angle geometry. So first of all, if you're not familiar with home and human design, human design is a system that unites astrology, Kabbalah, I Ching, and um, the chakras um, to sort of understand your, your energetic design of your body and your spiritual system. And human design provides an understanding of how all of this energy works and um, helps us figure out the best way to go about living. Um, human design gives us something called our strategy, which is how we kind of approach life at our authority, which is what we check into when we're trying to make decisions. And there's a lot of other aspects to it. So right angle geometry comes in when we start talking about the profile. And the profile in human design really is talking about a lot about our purpose, about our mission, and about our particular individual karma. And there's right angle geometry, there's a number of profiles that they're said to have right angle geometry. And right angle geometry means that your your karma, your mission is intrapersonal. You're here to learn things individually. Um, versus left angle geometry has transpersonal um, karma. And we're here to learn um, about relationships, about networking, about, you know, working with other people, which a lot of people might think from this idea of unique um, calling or mission or service that that would indicate that everyone would have like transpersonal karma, that they would all be left angle geometry, which obviously isn't true. So if you have right angle geometry, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have a unique calling or that you're not called to mission or service. So there's a lot of intrapersonal um, work that also can have this idea of mission and service. For instance, writers. Um, I know a number of writers and I think writers do a lot of their personal work in their writing. They tell their stories, they process ideas, you know, they, they do all of this goes into their writing. And then that through their writing, they inspire, elevate, help the other people who read it learn and grow. And so just because you have right angle geometry doesn't mean that you don't have an idea of service or an idea of mission. So I just wanted to kind of come to that for a minute, because obviously for people who are following human design, that might kind of come up. So I just wanted to put that out there real quickly. So why is this idea of unique calling so important? And why is answering it really important? So it's important to answer it because it creates alignment with our mission and our contract. So if we've agreed that we want to come here and learn certain lessons, we need to be in alignment with that. And what does it look like to be out of alignment? Well, when we're out of alignment with what we are meant to do, um, out of alignment with our spirit, some of the symptoms are we attract situations that don't fulfill us. So we start to experience frustration. We start to experience anger. We start to experience disappointment, bitterness. We get out of alignment and we have all of these sort of negative um, emotions and negative experiences that happen. So that can look like drawing the wrong relationships to us. When we're out of alignment with our unique calling, um, the people that we collect around us aren't necessarily the people that are the best for our spiritual growth. Um, and we can tell because we end up with one-sided friendships. We end up with relationships that aren't fulfilling. 
We end up with um, people who take advantage of us. We maybe we don't enforce our boundaries correctly. We don't speak our truth, all of these kinds of things. We also sometimes end up in work that we don't love. We um, wake up every morning dreading going to work and feeling stuck, maybe even desperate to find something else. So once we know that we're out of alignment, then we should be thinking, what am I not doing that I should be doing? And I think often it's this idea of unique calling, because when we're in that idea of service, when we're helping elevate the consciousness around us, there's a level of satisfaction and fulfillment that comes from that. And also, when we're in alignment, we maximize our ease in life. And what I mean by maximizing our ease is that when we're manifesting and we're trying to draw our desires to us, we need to be in spiritual alignment to sort of you know, grease the skids and make that process easy. When we're out of alignment, instead of ease, we experience struggle. We no longer are magnetizing the things that are meant for us and we struggle. We try to force, we work harder, and yet our goals and our desires get further away. So bringing ourselves into alignment with our unique calling, stepping up and doing the work that we're meant to do helps bring us into alignment and helps us create a life of ease and flow. And it magnetizes us energetically to naturally draw our desires toward us and the people who are meant to be around us. Another reason that I think it's really important to answer your unique calling is that, you know, it's right there in the word, it's unique. You are a unique, beautiful person created by spirit and imbued with certain strengths, gifts, and abilities that no one else has. Even in human design, we call it the science of differentiation because every person is so unique. And if you are unique and your calling is unique, then that means the only person who can answer your calling is you. Think about that for a minute. You've been given a mission and a purpose by spirit that only you can complete. If you don't do it, no one else will or even can. So what are you withholding from the world by not stepping up to your unique calling, by not answering your unique calling? What are you cheating the human collective from or out of? What are you holding back that would come into human consciousness and make the world better? So sort of side note as well on answering your unique calling and why it's important is it's actually better for us physically. So obviously there's, you know, when I say that there's a couple immediately kind of like, well, what's, what do you mean it's better for us physically? So first of all, there's the stress of being out of alignment. So when we're out of alignment and we're experiencing this struggle and we're involved in relationships that aren't fulfilling, we have people around us who are not um, serving our higher purpose and not pushing us to grow. Um, when we're in jobs that we hate and we're unhappy, it creates a great deal of stress. And, and there's been plenty written in the popular uh, consciousness about how physically um, bad for us stress can be and how stress can lead to illness. When we're in alignment, obviously we, we experience more peace because we have that ease and flow and our desires and the things that we need just naturally are drawn to us and we experience peace and much less stress, which obviously is better for us physically. 
but an interesting thing I want to kind of talk about um, and why I say part of the reason it's important to answer your unique calling is it's better for us physically is that some some psychologists actually studied this. So Barbara Fredrickson, who's a professor of psychology um, in North Carolina, and she's written a number of books on the field of positive psychology, which is um, the field that explores the um, experience of positive emotions in psychology, um, studied a number of college students, and they broke them into two groups based on whether they were um, focused more on hedonic happiness. So in other words, life purpose, they were self-serving um, pursuits, or whether it was eudaimonic, in other words, you know, serving the collective, the greater good. And they did a number of measures of how well they were doing based on this. And psychologically, like, you know, looking at happiness, incidences of depression, stress, all of these things, they were pretty comparable. They both were were thriving, which is, you know, a psychological term that means they're doing, you know, they're, they're doing well, they're well balanced, they're um, healthy psychologically. However, the Fredrickson study is interesting because they also did blood draws and they actually found that in the people who were focused on hedonic happiness, in other words, the people who were pursuing self-serving pursuits um, had more mark markers of inflammation and less um, less healthy immune systems, whereas the people who were pursuing the stuff that was more to the greater good, that was in service, had less markers of inflammation, healthier immune systems. Overall, they were physically healthier. So, you know, really think about that. When we are in service, we are healthier physically. Our immune systems function better. We have less inflammation. We have less stress. So it's almost as if we were designed to be in service to a mission of something that is greater than ourselves. The other reason that it's important to answer your unique calling is it unlocks your true potential. So think about that for a minute. We were came here with a spiritual contract to do certain work. We have a certain mission, a certain service that we've been, you know, pre, pre, we pre-agreed to do. And in order to do that, we've been imbued with certain strengths and spiritual gifts. And those strengths and spiritual gifts are really, while we can certainly tap into them doing anything, um, they're really going to blossom when we're doing the thing that they were created to support us in. So we want to really reach our truest potential and build our strengths and our spiritual gifts to the, the highest level, the highest potential that we have, then we need to answer our unique calling and then use those strengths and their, those gifts in this mission, in this spiritual contract that we came here to do. And also from a human de design perspective, our calling is actually written into our design. The channels and gates that are energized in our chart, the centers that are defined and undefined, our type, our profile, all of these things influence how we approach our unique calling and give us, again, another layer of ability that is specifically tuned to maximizing our chance of succeeding at the mission we came here to do. And then finally, one of the reasons, one of the final reasons I want to say that it's important to answer your unique calling is that I believe the concept of service 
to something bigger than ourselves is hardwired into our species. And you know that may sound controversial because people, you know, there's this idea that people are inherently selfish. And I think that that's an idea that has been propagated by selfish people. So I think that people are not inherently selfish. Um, children tend to be very altruistic. And in a number of studies, they have found that children, very young children, tend to be altruistic and cooperative as opposed to selfish. The, the biggest justification I often hear for why people are inherently selfish is based on evolution, right? How does the idea of not being selfish fit in with survival of the fittest? Because we've always heard, you know, evolution is about survival of the fittest. And obviously, the fittest is going to be the person looking out for themselves, or at least that's what selfish people want us all to believe. But there are a number of species, primarily mammals, who do exhibit altruism naturally in the wild. And the reason that some scientists are saying now that selfishness may not be inherently hardwired into our species and other species is that there are cases in which sacrificing this one person sacrificing themselves for the benefit of the herd or tribe or whatever group um, so that the whole group can flourish is a means of helping to ensure survival. So evolution even has an understanding that service and helping the collective evolve and thrive can be an important way of ensuring survival and helping growth. So I really believe that this idea of service is hardwired into our species. And I think, honestly, this idea of our mission is hardwired into us. We often hear people, you know, why else is it that people immediately, when they're unhappy doing work or they're feeling unfulfilled, they immediately start to turn to this idea of what's my life purpose? What am I meant to do? Um, you know, it's just it's so ingrained into our being. So I've talked about a lot of reasons why I think it's important to answer your unique calling. And I just want to like sort of to summarize, say, you know, it's important because it's what we're what we're inherently built to do. And because we want we want to make a mark on the world. Every one of us wants to leave a legacy. When we're gone, we want people to remember us for our beauty, for our compassion, for our love, for our grounded and centered presence, for all of these things that we see as positive. We don't want to have people remember us as the selfish guy that hoarded money, right? And, and I mean, we have all of these pop culture references um, to, to the opposite of that, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge and the Christmas Carol. So none of us want to be that kind of character. And I believe that's because we were created specifically with this idea of having a spiritual mission or contract in place and a need to work to elevate the consciousness of our species, of our collective, and so so that we all grow. And this, you know, in spirituality, we so often talk about um, doing something that, and we want it to be, you know, for the greater good of all, or something similar or better, you know, we always use these terms like about it being better, about it being good for everyone, all of these things. And so I just really believe that it is an ingrained spiritual impulse for us to answer our unique calling and to be in service to one another. And if you're not 
answering your unique calling because you know what it is and you just want to do, don't want to do it, you're going to get out of alignment and you're going to have that struggle and that stress. And what we all really want at the end of the day is that ease and that flow that naturally draws and magnetizes our desires to us. And the way that we get there is by aligning ourselves to our unique calling, working through our mission, working through our spiritual contract and serving others, serving spirit, helping make the world a better place. You can find me on the web at priestofinana.com. That's priestofinana, I-N-A-N-N-A.com. Or follow me on Instagram. My handle there is also priestofinana. Or I'm also on Facebook. Bright blessings. Are you a spirituality-focused small business owner? Are you struggling with working hard in your business and not making the gains you want? Do you treat your business like the corporate nine to five, working long hours and burning yourself out? Do you struggle with being seen or finding your authentic voice? Do you put off making business decisions for fear of making the wrong choice? Well, this is the class for you. Business alignment with human design will teach you to build a business of ease and flow. Over five weeks, you'll learn what human design is and how it influences our lives, the unique purpose of your energetic type and how it impacts your business, your strategy, and how it can be a powerful tool to make sure your business actions are aligned with divine timing your inner authority and how to use it to make the right decisions for your business at the right time, your defined and undefined centers and how they show up in your business and marketing, your profile and the effect it has on how you're seen in the world versus how you perceive yourself, your defined channels and how they influence the qualities of your energy, and how human design breaks barriers of social conditioning around marketing and sales. I'm offering this class through Starseed Academy Coach Training starting September 21st. To learn more and register, visit www.starseedacademycoachtraining.com slash human design workshop. That's www.starseedacademycoachtraining.com slash human design workshop.